believe it or not, we are back. This is the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast. It's been a minute. This is episode 191, is it? Yeah, 191. So that was Sankukai. And I'll put it this way. If anybody remembers what Sankukai is, if anybody knows what Sankukai is, just let me know. And I don't know, I was going to say, I was going to send you a present or something, a, a gift, but I'm not going to. Anyway, we are the least professional, least knowledgeable, and least informed podcast ever. We are having a lot of new listeners coming in as of last episode. So I want to let everybody know what we're all about. And what we're all about is basically simple before I introduce my two co-hosts for today. Imagine that you're at a bar or a restaurant or the mall, I don't know, wherever the cool kids congregate these days. And then there's three or four people there who are cycling fans. And then they're talking while drinking a beer, a martini, wine, water. I don't know, whatever, a vegan milkshake or whatever it is that people uh, they do. And that's what it is. That's all we do. We just sit here and we uh, talk. Speedmetalcycling.com is where you want to go uh, for a couple of reasons, one of which is important, and I'll let you know in a little bit. Uh, we thank our patrons as always. And if you want to be, um, if you want to help out, you can join our patrons and Patreon. Uh, the link is on our website, streetmetalcycling.com. Like I said, okay, now, um, two co-hosts today, and I thank them very much in advance for putting up with all this crap. First, of course, the lady, Natalia. How are you doing? Ma'am, I am go- doing good. The summer That's- is finally here, so I'm really happy about that. Yes, a while. <laughs> yes, and from uh, the left coast, CD, CD. How are you doing, sir? Wonderful. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be back. It is always a pleasure to have you. Um, you know, something else I wanted to say: speedmetalcycling.com. There's a cheat sheet there for the new listeners. And it explains all our inside jokes. Not all of them, but a bunch of them. Um, so you should go and check check that out. Hey, very important, actually, and I just heard news about this today, right on time, right before we started recording. I heard the good news from um, Starlight Apparel. And that is that our New Jersey's are available for pre-order our new kit jerseys and shorts so if you want to check them out i'm probably going to put a link to that speedmetalcycling.com or you can go directly to www.startlightapparel.com remember when people used to do www before the urls anyway uh yeah just go to startlightapparel.com and check it out it's a jersey that i designed personally um, as a tribute to one of my favorite artists um, Joseph Albers and um, not that I could even be in the same room with him I I don't deserve to be but it's my tiny little uh, what is it the knot of the head and knot of the hat the what is it <laughs> tip the of the cap the proverbial <laughs> tip of the cap yeah. is it the proverbial tip of the cap or is it's it the tip like of the proverbial the knob of the, knob of the, the hat? <laughs> but anyway, let's go with it. The head of the knot. There you go. <laughs> the knot of the sombrero. Yeah, the knot of the sombrero. <laughs> A tip of the hat. But is the, is the tip of the hat proverbial or is the hat being tipped proverbial? Yes, you're, you're, you're tipping it you're in, in, in deference or. Yeah, so, but, but is the. Yes. Is the is the tipping that is proverbial, not the hat being proverbial? I think you're sort of slightly removing it and tipping it down, not so much looking yeah. down. It's yeah. yeah, so I'm not – yeah, so it's the tipping that is proverbial. The hat is Correct. kind of involved in the proverbial. Okay, well, anyway, so that's that. So go and check it out. Like I said, um, starlightapparel.com. And I think is pretty sweet. I'll tell you I think that. It's I think it's, it's pretty it's, sharp. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. very good. It's, I, I, I like it a lot, even if um, it is uh, my own design and stuff. And I'm tooting my own horn. You know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah, very. Um, all right, we have plenty to talk about. Starting I with did, the I don't. Oh, yeah. CD doesn't have anything to talk about ever. I usually feel like I prepare for these, and I, I don't know where I've been. Where have you had me these past few weeks? Where have I uh, been? Well, you've been on assignment doing something oh. else. Well, your kid graduated, right? Correct. I mean, that's Correct. a big thing. That's yes. a big thing. Um, well, that's, you know, since we're talking about kids, um, I'm going to be a dad, like, pretty soon. You already are a dad. Well, I've given birth to this podcast. But it disappointed me greatly. So <laughs> oh then you are ready to have a child. Yeah, I'm ready to have a real child because this podcast sucks. <laughs> it's been terrible. <laughs> I keep trying to kick it out of my house and it just won't leave. Um, oh yeah, I'm gonna be a real a real dad um, um, in a few weeks. In a few weeks, so I'm kind of freaking out, of course. Especially because you know, if you think about it. Coming up soon is going to be the continuation of the Formula One season, which has been great this year. And then the Tour de France is just around the corner. And then the World Cup starts this week. And I'm freaking out. When am I going to have time to have a baby if I'm going to be watching all these sports? What am I going to do? The baby is due the day of one of the quarterfinals. I, I can't be watching soccer in the hospital while I'm, my wife is giving birth. I mean, I could, but I don't think it would be nice. So I don't know what to do. So, CD, since you're a father, what should I do? What, Sorry what to cut in. Uh, Whatever you do, you yeah. don't watch the soccer game. You, Why? You are That's, with your wife. Well, no, I, just, no, I mean, I'll just, be there just, next to her, but, you know, I mean. You could have it on. I mean, it could be on with the sound yeah. nice and low, yeah. Oh yeah, I could wear. I could wear wearing headphones, right? Absolutely. <laughs> all right, all right. No, that's cool. I just wanted to make sure. Or, I mean, you know, here's this thing though: if she was born, or if she, or if she is born during the first, during the group stage, then then that's okay, you know. Because I was looking at the at, at the calendar here, and if she's born, let's say, uh, like on the on the twenty second, right? I could probably watch the Brazil-Costa Rica game in the morning, right? And then I can skip Nigeria-Iceland and Serbia-Switzerland. You know what I mean? Why would, I you skip, okay. why would you skip Nigeria and Iceland? Because I would be having a baby, dude. Come on, man. That's don't probably be so... the most compelling game you've mentioned of all of them right there. I don't know. I think uh, there's, there's Nigeria more. Nigeria has the best uniforms, hands down. And is Iceland true. is like everybody's underdog. <laughs> I know. Iceland. I'm rooting for Iceland in this World Cup. I That's think Nigeria does have pretty badass uh, kits. Um, no, there's there's a couple of like games that are like I mean I'm I'm sorry, but that first game on Thursday, Russia, Saudi Arabia, really? Do I really the, the Morocco, Iran? No, I just don't. I'm sorry, I just don't care. I'm gonna watch it because I watch every game live or after the fact. I've been watching every game. The first World Cup game I ever watched was the 1978 final between Argentina and the Netherlands. I think I may have watched other games that World Cup, but because I'm not sure, I'll call that my first World Cup game. And then every game in 82, every game in 86, and then 1990, every game, every game in 94, which was a horrible World Cup, of course. 98, every game. 2002, every game. I've watched every single World Cup game, either live or after the fact. So, I mean, listen, I'm making fun of whatever I said, Nigeria, Iceland, or Serbia, Switzerland, whatever. But I'm going to eventually I'll watch them. Eventually I'll watch them. I'm, I'm a little... Yeah, no, that I'm is weird. an impressive personal record, I have to say. Yeah, you know, Kudos. I realized it. I realized that sometime, I think it was in the 94 World Cup when he was here in the U.S. that I realized, oh my God, I watched every game and then it's become like a thing. Like I have to now. I just want to keep the, the thing going. And you know what's funny too is that now that I'm having a baby during the World Cup, now that I think about it, is we were in our honeymoon during the World Cup and we had to schedule activities in the honeymoon around the game we were like well brazil is playing so we're gonna have to wait for that because you know we went to the southwest we went to like nevada and utah and all this stuff doing all these national parks and stuff and we were like look we can't go on that hike until later today because brazil is playing <laughs> nice uh, a four year later 
Or years later, here we are. Here we are, exactly. In 2002, I was living with my cousin in, in Brooklyn. We were roommates. And maybe a week before the World Cup started, um, I had the opportunity to leave my job. Basically, my boss was like, listen, we're going to do a bunch of layoffs. Who wants to be laid off? And I was like, I'll, t- I'll get laid off because then that means you're paying me while I'm watching the World Cup. So I got back home and I was waiting for my cousin so I could give him the good news. And he comes in and goes, dude, I quit my job. And I was like, oh, shit, dude, I don't have a job here. <laughs> so we watched the World Cup while both worrying about what we were going to do. I mean, that 2002 was Japan, Korea. So the games were like basically in the middle of the night. So the only way to watch them was at a bar drunk, you know, so we couldn't have jobs. It wasn't our fault, but yeah, it's one of those weird times. Oh, memories. So so when are we going to start talking about the Ronda Van Limburg? When, when, when are we going to get off of uh, football? Well, I'm going to tell you, well, the next thing I got to tell you is being born on the year of a great world cup makes you a great person. (laughs) I don't know if you knew this. My sister, my sister was born in 72 and she's pretty badass. That's the Germany, the World Cup in Germany. My brother was born in 78. That's the Argentina, which is amazing. That final between Argentina and the Netherlands. I mean, go back Wait and watch Wait a minute. Did that. you say there was a World Cup in 1972? 1978? 19, no, 1974. I'm sorry. 1974. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 1974. Um, so what year were you born in, Natalia? Oh, you can't tell us. You're a Colombian woman, which means you don't disclose your I age. I don't care. I wasn't born. I was 79. There was no World Cup oh. going on. I have a question for you. That in Argentina is when that stupid regime was alive? Is that is this um, the, the one when they host, like the World Cup was kind of like this cover up of the whole dictatorship yeah, yeah. that was going on in Argentina yeah, with Vidal and everybody, like people were disappearing and they were just trying to cover it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Absolutely. I think we're all speaking of Argentina. I think we're all familiar with Alfredo Di Stefano, regarded <laughs> as one of the best footballers of all time. Yep. No, I yes. agree with that. In the top mm-hmm. five, definitely. Easily. And where did, and where did yeah. he play his professional football? Millonarios. Millonarios. Millonarios in Bogota in Colombia. <laughs> but speaking of, speaking of shadiness and shadiness <laughs> and whatnot, Di Stefano, who was b- the best football player at the time, played in Millonarios Colombia because the team was owned by the mafia. And they were the only team in the world at the time that was willing to pay a superstar a bong load of money. Back then, players didn't really play internationally. You play in your country professionally. These guys had so much money, hence their name, the millionaires, uh, (laughs) that they... They got the Stefano to go and play there. It's, it's- no, my grandma. My grandma was a big fan of the Stefano. Like big, big fan. I think there's a lot of big fans of the Stefano listening to this this podcast <laughs> right now. For so, sure, for there's sure. There's a lot of people right now nodding their heads. <laughs> yeah, right saying like, finally, finally, we get to, to hear about the Stefano. Ah. Oh my God. You know, what's actually, I have two funny stories when in, in, when you go to Hungary, if you ever get a chance to go to Budapest, it's a beautiful Budapest, especially it's a beautiful, beautiful city. Uh, there is still to this day, any store you go to, there's like at least a Pushkas poster or like they sell the Pushkas jerseys and everything. And they're like, he was the best player in the world. And you look at my being Pushkas was amazing, but these people, it's like a religion for them still to this day. And I would say that, 75% of people, even they like soccer a lot, have no idea who Puskas is. It's, it's really funny. And speaking of that, though, I was having some problems with my uh, with my Wi-Fi. I mean, not real problems, whatever. I was trying to get my uh, the camera for the baby's room going. It, it, you know, it hooks up to our Wi-Fi, and then we can see the baby in our phones or whatever. And it wasn't working, so I called Verizon. For those of you in Europe or whatever, uh, Verizon is like BT Mobile or whatever, you know, our internet uh, service provider. And, you know, the guy that answers has a definite accent. So at first, I obviously think, oh, it's a call center in India. Then longer and longer than I talk to him, he starts saying a lot of like British sayings. And he's like, oh, brilliant, brilliant. And I was like, oh, it must be an Indian guy that learned how to speak English in England. Maybe he 
went to school or something there, whatever. And then I started That's noticing. Racist. Uh, it's very racist. Yes, Mike. And then uh, I started noticing, like, I was like, dude, this guy's Eastern European. He, he's, there's no, this is Eastern European. And eventually I'm like, hey, where are you located? Where are you at right now? And he goes, Ireland. And I was like, oh my God, that's what it is. It wasn't a British accent. It was like this Irish accent with a lot of Irish, like, uh, talking and stuff. But I'm originally from um, Slovakia. And I was like, ah, I nailed it. It was like Eastern Europe, whatever. And I was like, oh, Slovakia didn't make it into the World Cup. I'm so sorry. He was like, oh, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, but at least you have one of the best um, cyclists in the world, you know? And he goes, Peter Sagan? Well, who knows about him? And I was like, whoa, this guy didn't like Peter Sagan and he was from there. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about him. So are you now on a first, na first name basis with your support guy at Verizon? Uh, his name, his name was Sebastian and he, he has sent me a couple of emails. Yes. I mean, I guess I was always on a first name basis because he says, this is Sebastian. Who am I speaking to? So he introduced himself with his first name. So yeah. I'm did always, you I'm say, like, okay, this is called Crusher mm -hmm. or did you say your real name? No, I said, this is Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, and he said, that's a beautiful name and you sound like a beautiful man. And I was like, all right, Sebastian. You sound <laughs> You sound like a cool guy. So anyway. <laughs> Sebastian yeah. doesn't think much of Peter Sagan. Sagan. Yeah, like, so, eh, I don't know about him. <laughs> you are my favorite service person yeah. here. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you gave him a glowing review after I that. I actually did. Because Was it helpful? Oh, no. It's completely satisfied. <laughs> we were on the phone seriously for like an hour trying to figure out what the problem was. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, uh, it's then he was like, eventually he was basically like, I just, I don't know what else to tell you. What I'm going to do is I'm going to send you some literature, right? Go through this and then see if there's anything you can do by changing the settings on your router. He sent me an email with some stuff. I followed the things and bloop, it worked. So there you go. So until the baby gets here, of course, we had the camera out in the living room and we'd been spying on the dog. <laughs> When we leave, we, we want to know exactly what Botas does. He sleeps mostly. It's pretty boring. I thought I was going to see him, like, I don't know, throwing parties or... Drinking your beer. Yeah, like... You <laughs> and know. then pissing in the cans and putting them back in the... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Something interesting like that. Jumping on the furniture. Nope. He just sleeps. Yep. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Yeah, that's all he does. Just He just sleeps. All right. So we haven't talked since the Giro d'Italia. Mm -hmm. Um, and that last week was pretty crazy. Last week, I would say that the whole Giro was. Well, I mean, yeah, absolutely. But, but yeah, we, okay. We, we talked. We talked about the first half of the Giro. We just didn't, you know. We had an episode there, and like well, towards the beginning, whatever. But the, the third way, week was like Lazarus. Wow, coming, the way that coming out of the grave. Froom, holy God! I, I mean. Everybody there. Richard Carapaz was amazing. Miguel Angel Lopez, of course, was crazy. Tom Dumoulin blew my mind how well he, he did. Alfonso uh, Vivo was great to see him. Just great, great to see him like that. And I didn't realize how old Alfonso Vivo was. He's like already in his 30s. I always think of him as the tiny little dude, you know, like, I mean, well, obviously <laughs> tiny little dude because he is tiny, but um, no, I just, I'm always going to think of him as like being that little kid in like Bardiani or whatever it was when he like first came into the scene. And it's, it's just crazy. I loved, I loved seeing him. It's too bad that he had that day where he just like lost his head. But beyond anything, the one thing that I saw that I liked the most, and even more than like Superman Lopez attacking as much as he did, the one thing that I loved big time, and I'm actually doing the little heart sign with my with my hands right now, was Carlos Betancourt. He was there and thereabouts, as the British say, the whole race. He finished 15th, uh, which is great for somebody that was basically – that didn't have a contract to race professionally two years ago, three years ago. Uh, I thought that he was friggin' amazing. Unbelievable. Now, Simon Yates and uh, Chavez were, wow, that was like, I mean, talk about not like, I mean, like Pozo Vivo had a day where he was just like, I can't anymore, I'm sorry. 
Chavez first was like, I'm just going to go back to Colombia. And and same thing with Yates. It's like basically they stopped, they turned right back around, and they just rode their bikes the other way. It was just unbelievable. They just ran out of gas completely in one day, and that was that. Has Crazy. there been a one day um, fall off as bad as Yates had that day? He went from what first to nineteenth. Yeah, you know what? Probably because if you, think I don't remember it. it. If it's been well, recent, I'm thinking somebody like I don't know Fabian Cancellara. He wins the prologue, then you know stays in yellow for the first four or five stages. Yeah, but then, aside from those, because we yeah, all know. It. Yeah, exactly. Aside from that. I can't think of it, but that doesn't necessarily mean much. I just, I just don't, I don't remember it. It's, it's. I, I got to say, my my buddy Matt, who uh, works for EF um, as their communications guy, took a photo of Yates and one of the DSs afterwards. It's the most heartbreaking photo you could see if you're into sports. At the end of that, it, it's, it's so unexpected. You know, like Consolara and those guys that win the prologues, they know they're going to yeah. lose. They know yeah. it's going to it's going to come off of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, that was that was whew. that was rough. Yeah, and and I mean, and Chavez is, was even weirder, although not as crazy because he wasn't leading the race. But he lost contact with the with the bunch in the first climb of the day. Yeah, that's it's crazy, and they never explained what it was. They were like, "Oh, we're looking into it. We're not really sure." Blah blah blah. I think they were complaining about some sort of allergies yeah, or Poland something that were that were know. ailing him somehow. I don't know. I think that Poland is like the the the, the perfect scapegoat. You know what I'm saying? Because nobody can say no. It's like, oh yeah, Poland. In reality, it's like I just did not have the friggin' legs. You know, he finished seventy second. I mean, it, <laughs> Rodolfo Torres. Yeah, but I think Chavez, well, that was the team statement saying like allergies and whatever, but I saw an interview or I don't know if I read it or something that he just said, I just didn't have it. Like I didn't have the legs that wasn't, he wasn't trying to like sugarcoat it or anything. Couldn't keep up. What are you going to (laughs) do? But as bad as those guys ended up, there were some surprises, right? You know, I thought Formula was a surprise. Yes. Woman was a surprise, and Carapaz was. Oh, I mean, Carapaz. Yeah, awesome. I mean, that was good to see. I'm going to tell you something, dude. I'm really into Movistar lately, but not yeah, because of Alberto. What's Alberne doing that for you? I'm just into, into Movistar because of Carapaz and Marc Soler. Valverde. No, not because of Valverde. <laughs> <laughs> Who's their guy for GC wins all the races? What's that guy's name? Um, uh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, Valverde. Uh, but yep. he also does the one. They have a one-day guy. Who's What's his name? He got hurt nope. recently. One-day uh, uh, guy. Uh, yeah, he won like one of the one days like Valverde. five years in a row. Oh, yeah. Valverde. I love <laughs> He's won a few races this year. Valverde. Uh, no, no, no. I... I I completely agree with you. I think Carapaz. For me, Carapaz was like the guy of the race. Um, uh, if, obviously, I think the most, the craziest was Christopher Froome. I mean, Chris Froome going from whatever he was fifth or sixth to taking the uh, the like the the pink jersey and then take it all the way. Uh, he looked like complete ass the first week. He looked okay at best. In the second, because he was riding himself into form. Yeah, did you see the guys? Did you see the in a grand tour? You're like, it's it's like, but I mean, it's one thing. He's one of the guys that can use the grand tour for training. You know, you don't have to train for the grand tour, you use it to build up your form. So, no, I mean, definitely, but I mean, it's something, it's it's something different to like come in in like okay shape and finish him great. I mean, he looked like shit. Um, and then the other thing though that I thought was, uh, was interesting. I don't know if you guys, either of you guys saw it. Um, <laughs> there was two Italians in one of the stages. They were running behind Chris Froome holding a huge inhaler. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. made that, out of foam or something. <laughs> yeah. I want to know where they got that. Dude, I, I've looked it up on the internet. I looked it up on Amazon. Huge foam inflator or <laughs> inhaler. Inhaler made out of foam inflatable 
inhaler, nothing. I cannot find it. I don't know where those guys got it, and, and I want to know. I, maybe they built it themselves. Yeah, I'm sure they did. No. But yeah, was, they had to. It was freaking hilarious. Yeah. That that made me laugh a lot. Now, you, you guys both probably know that there's like um, uh, some people that have said in the media and some cyclists even that Chris Froome should not be allowed to race until his case is resolved, right? I go back and forth on whether or not I agree with that or not. Uh, if Chris Froome is not allowed to uh, race because the uh, investigation is still pending, then all of Tim Sky should not be allowed to race because the investigation also involves the team, right? Interesting. Mm-hmm. So do you guys think that Christopher Froome should be allowed to race while the, infer- the investigation? Because if that's the case, though, too, I mean, I've thought about this, too. If that's the case, then 50% of the people <laughs> that ride bicycles professionally uh, would probably not start a race at one point or another. Everybody's always on their investigation. And the investigations, a lot of times, most of the times, fortunately, don't really turn up much. But should Chris Froome but be allowed to race? But, but it's usually a case that whenever they have some investigation ongoing, they are not racing. You know, like they are not in competition until the thing is resolved. Mm-hmm. And I do, I mean, I think for this particular case, that will be better. Because just look at what happens now. The guy is racing. And they are just going to have now a strategy to keep delaying and delaying the whole the whole process. I don't know if you saw that the last iteration was them sending the UCI like fifteen hundred pages of scientific whatevers to support yeah. the the results that he has. So they are just going to drag it as much as they can so he can keep racing. If he wasn't in that position, said that he was just on the bench. Then Sky had all the, you know, like, instead of delaying things, they will have to be able to either provide, uh, like, a concise case that can be evaluated as fast as possible or just reach a, a deal and be able to move on. They, this thing is just going to be dragged until, you know, like, the end of, of time and he's just going to keep uh, racing. So that's what bugs me. And in the past, they have bring up all these oil salbutamol cases and everybody has been you know like treated very like differently so that's like it has a little bit of i don't know like difference in this case and you keep wondering like why is this like that but the rules allow him to raise what are you gonna do you know like it's nothing that they they can say right i mean they, they they don't have this thing sorted out these are the rules and you know, I mean, and I, here's the thing. I hope that it comes to nothing at this point. Of course. Because it would suck to be like, hey, Tom, uh, you know, you actually did win the Giro again. Because, I mean, who, and we talked about this last episode too. I mean, who know, who remembers that Pereiro won a Tour de France? Nobody remembers that Pereiro won. We talked about it yesterday on a bike ride. Yeah. So it would suck to be like, oh, Tom Dumoulin has two Giros. No, he only has one. No, no, no. Right. He, he won the 2018 because Chris Froome, like, I'm like, oh, God, that's right. So, yeah, I just hope that it comes to nothing. I don't know. Well, um, it needs to get resolved before the tour starts. Oh, it's oh not, but it's not going to happen. The I would just Lafayette. rather see. I would rather see him get beat at the tour, and then that, that then we don't have to worry about. It, so. Exactly. Yeah, that'd be awesome. You know, I was hoping for that in the Giro. I was. And I have to say this, even though it makes me a really bad person, when he wasn't doing his best at the Giro, and I was like, okay, good, because he's not going to be in the spotlight. He's not going to get any attention, so we can move from this shadow and really you know, like just concentrate on what's going on on the racing. And then Lazarus come back, comes back in the third week and does what he is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm like, oh, fuck. You know, like, you know, you know I mean, I, I think this is interesting. Uh, I, I mean, if 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 Froome ends up going to the Tour de France, nothing gets resolved. Uh, he goes to the Tour de France. That means that he's done three, three world, three uh, Grand Tours in a row, or four. Oh, four! Uh, because the Tour that'll be four in a row. With the Tour, with the tour will be four. And mm-hmm. he's won. He's won the the three, the last three that he's done, but. Then let's say that he goes, and then he can't do it. I mean, that's way too many Grand Tours in a row. Then who leads the team? Geran Thomas or Egan Bernal? Is Egan Bernal going? Is that he's, confirmed? He's in the shortlist. I think you have to uh, – for Sky, they have to give it to Geraint Thomas based right. on your yes. fan base. No, well, not only that. but It's also his to lose. It's he, his to lead. It's his to lose. 
the keeper now in the waiting in the wings. No, and the fact that he won. Are they taking Bernal seriously to the tour? Hey, listen. The, oh my gosh, they are going. It's like this guy is going to be burned at 23. That's fine. I'm good with that. No, you have to be able oh. to take it. The short list that I have is Egan Bernal, Chris Froome, Kwiatkowski, Moscon, uh, Walt Powell's, and Jaron Thomas. So that's man. And Tao Gogan, how is that you pronounce the last name from the Sky Guy? Uh, Tao Teo Gegenhardt. Oh, Gegenhardt. Yeah, a, he has been riding so good. They should take him. He's I, all there. Yeah, and he's such so a too. good dog. I would say man. so too. That kid is on form, and he's vibrant, and he's exciting, and people love him. And why not bring him? I mean, he's a fan favorite. The kid's rad. He works yeah. super hard. And he's who's, really who's smart. His name is Tao. I mean, your name—if your name is Tao—you're Tao? automatically yeah. awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was my MVP team with him on it. of the Dauphiné Libre. My MVP for the whole Dauphiné yeah. Libre yeah. is, is Tao. Uh, That's like. Well, I don't know. I think there was a couple of other people. I think Roman Bardet raced amazingly, and the fact that he attacked as much as he did—I love that. Right. I'm no, no, I'm talking in, about the, 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 the domestic that busted his back energy. for his leader. So, all of my energy to the universe goes to Bardet this year. I'm all in. Yeah, <laughs> man, he just he he's not the best. It's the same thing as Daniel Martin. Exactly the same thing. He's not the best, but he doesn't care that he's not the best. He just keeps going. He doesn't. I mean, Daniel Martin had like five or six completely useless attacks. During the Dauphiné. It was awesome. It was amazing. I loved it. it great, great, great racing in general. Um, Alaphilippe was amazing. Uh, it just, it was, it was awesome. It was a great, 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 great race. Uh, this other kid, uh, the German guy, uh, Buchmann. Oh my God. Really looking forward to all these people now. Like Pierre Latour. What? This kid is awesome. France may actually have somebody here. Well, of course, I already said Romain Bardet and he is French, but. Awesome. And Adam Yates doing well. Loved it as well. Just, just, it was a good race. I think the Dauphiné in general was, um, was a pretty good race. I enjoyed it thoroughly, thoroughly. Probably. I also, and I wouldn't put this kid at the top, but, but what about, um, your Gonsalves kid? Uh, Gonsalves? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think he's good. You know, do you want to hear something kind of weird and, you know, prepare the, uh, this is racist drop? Um, if somebody's in Katusha, automatically I'm like, meh. I don't know. Is it because I still think Katusha, Russia, cheaters? No, you can't. I know. Yeah, I can't. That's racist. Yeah, My boy is you. there. Thanks, Mike. The Boz is there. Boswell is there. You can't. No, I mean, there's a bunch of people in, in, in Katusha that are, that are super cool. Amazing. I just, I don't know. I think automatically Katusha, nah. I don't know why. But They've I, been putting out a really good video series, too. If you're not following that, you should. Really? I'm not. Oh, really? They are doing that? They <laughs> do like a race wrap-up, and it's really fundamentally about nothing, which is nice. It's refreshing. They're not trying to <laughs> do anything. or like They're just saying, like, this is what a day was like. And it's so, fun, and it's happy, and they all seem to really get along, and it's really well shot. And it it's not, like, overt with the team or sponsors. It's just, here's what today looked like. So it's like and this it's podcast. Really cool. It's like this podcast. is about nothing. So there is no Alpecin plug in the... None. <laughs> no. No. Nicely done. Who uh, who does that remind you of? Hmm. Detail. Hmm. Plug. Who does that remind you of? <laughs> hair. Hair plugs. Hair plugs. No, yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. Well, hopefully you can fix that in post and make that look a lot sharper, but... Uh... I couldn't find the button, dude. I mean, I found the button, but I couldn't hit it. I was like shaking because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think I think the the Giro said there's potential. I don't know. We didn't get the result that a lot of us wanted, but there were a lot of people in that top ten, even top fifteen, that we were at least animators. Were interesting. Were new. Were young. Different regions. I think it was different teams. No, absolutely, team. absolutely. Absolutely. You I know, mean, if so. Chris Froome ends up getting disqualified or whatever, then you have a pretty good uh, – and I, I'm not saying that because I necessarily dislike Chris Froome or anything. You just have a very good list of what people, a lot of people would consider second-tier writers. You know what I'm saying? There's no Nibali's. There's no Quintana's. You know what I mean? It's too much. Tom Dumoulin would be like the best, you know, whatever. But Sam Omen also wrote like a beast and – yeah. Sergio now, like you said, Gonzalez, all those guys. I mean, 
Can Ooh, I say this about Dennis. Sergio Hanel? Dennis. Wow. Go ahead, T. I got to say this about Sergio Hanel. Uh, there is no one better looking right now in the Peloton with regard to Ooh. their bike and their kid. Oh. There's no one better looking. I was going to say, Marcel Kittel is the best looking dude out there. No, I'm saying in terms of their kit and their bike. Oh, man. That guy just looks so good. Yeah, yeah. You're, 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 you're right, actually. It looks, it looks pretty sharp. I didn't like it at first because I was comparing it to the Ecuadorian. You know, Ecuador and Colombia have the same color colors. In and the a flag. very similar flag, yeah. Yeah, so when I first saw the, the, the Ecuadorian champion who races for, uh, for Quickstep, his kit is so sweet, dude. It's so beautiful. And then I saw oh. one in ours and I was like, uh, okay. Speaking, speaking of, you just said something too. I just saw some breaking news that, uh, that LeBron James has signed with the Wolfpack. He's going to be on Quickstep next year. So that's where he's going. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everybody thought Golden State and he was like, no, I need to go to a better team. I'm going to go to Quickstep. Wait, doesn't so. he own the Cavaliers or something? <laughs> No, he doesn't. Does, does he own a team though? He doesn't own a team. No, owns I, the team. Owns own, the team. Yeah. Are you allowed to own a team if you're a professional? Yeah. I mean, I know that a cyclist could, but like, could you like? Oh no, you know what? Yes. Um, what's his face? Bought the Penguins. Um, what was the name of that famous? Oh. Um, uh, no, not Yager. Uh, the guy before him. Yes. That no, Jagger, Jagger. I think he's he's the guy that bought the Penguins. No, I, I, I know very little about hockey. I really don't. Oh, that's the other thing that Sebastian from um, Slovakia on the phone told me. He was like, "Oh, you're in Pittsburgh. Uh, do, do, do you like the Penguins?" And I was like, "I really don't know that much about them. I don't know. I know that they win a lot, but that's all I know." Um, Not this year, though. Oh, Mario Lemieux. Mario oh, thank Lemieux. Thank you very much. And I remember Mario Lemieux because I always, whenever somebody brings up Lemieux, which happens all the time in Pittsburgh, I always like, oh, Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, I really like that dude, Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> they don't take kindly to that. They don't take kindly to that. Um, Pepe Le Pew. All right. So, okay, guys, did you bring your prognostication assignment? What? No. Klaus, Klaus sent it to me, by the way. What is it? So, For which rate? The pronunciation assignment was to bring an idea or a forecast uh-huh. about where Will Sky and the dog, also known as Chris Room, be in 10 years. So 10 years from now, what will the team be and, and the dog will be? I didn't, I didn't so, get that email. I didn't either. Yeah, it is. It is when I say the proposed items for the menu. I, so it's talk about the what the F zero no. and then the Ofinelli Veré. And I then did. the pronunciation assignment, and then seven links to watch the Lotto. Oh, Natalia, that email was ladies, like two weeks ago, man. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, do, it's like, do you know how do deep? I have to repeat myself when it comes to homework? Yes, I posted once and I expect the submissions on time. That, I'm sorry. That, that, I'm going to tell, I'm not even lying here. That email is probably what, uh, 40, 45 like emails buried under 45 emails right now i'm like I mean, fine i don't care i'm just going to read klaus assignment okay. since he submitted it since he's so here we go so, my, my so can, we, my can we say that klaus is the teacher's pet now because he actually oh, he like, always okay and so your assignment again was what where will the room <laughs> and sky be in 10 years be in 10 years yeah. so you have time to think about it i'm just going to read okay, the, the one that i got from, from klaus so klaus says the following in 10 years team sky will become a car brand which will compete with Tesla and will produce cars powered by little more than Chris Froome's ability to stare at his power meter. <laughs> to further shame Elon Musk, Team Sky Motors is profitable, unlike Tesla, and due to excess power available on their power grid, they launch their old team bus into outer space, allowing the team's fans to pay for tickets on the spaceship. As all this happens, Froome's 2017 Vuelta results will still be in doubt and the investigation into his mega asthma will be ongoing. So there you go. That's Klaus' prognostication about what's going to happen uh-huh. in mm-hmm. 10 years. Uh, I have mine well. too. Should I go or, do you need, or are you ready to fire? No, no, no. You go. You go. Okay. So Braceford is going to be president of the UCI and he's going to 
make the marginal gains part of the UCI regulation. So every team will have to play against it, uh, with, with it. Yeah. Chris Froome is going to become Sir Dog and his kid is going to be dating Princess Charlotte. <laughs> well, in 10 years, he's going to be, what, 43? So my, uh, my prediction is that he is going to be winning the Tour de France for a record-breaking seventh time. And Bracewell is going to be in jail for tax evasion. <laughs> team Sky no longer exists, but not because the team doesn't exist, but because Sky, the company, has actually been bought out by Trump Industries, and they've changed the name to Trump. So it'll be a new team called Trump Cycling. There you go. In 10 years, that's exactly what's going to happen. Okay, I'll, I'll give you my my thoughts. These are purely my original thoughts <laughs> from my own mind. When you have someone that high, high profile who suffers a ban, it usually means the whole thing implodes. If I was on the board of directors or an executive at Sky or any of the companies who sponsor them, I would be long gone. At some point, they have to make a decision that looks ethical. We can take from what Shane has said that they were at least pushing the limit with certain things. Now, with Froome's failed test, if you take all those things together, there's no defending the team. Any reasonable person would have more questions. Those are my original thoughts. Well, original thoughts. You were not reading from a website or anything like that. Um, now, Floyd Landis has said something similar. <laughs> um, Floyd Landis has a lot of things. And here's the thing. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily disregard. 10 years, CD. When are they going to be 10 years from now? Team Sky as a cycling organization? Yep. Gone. Okay. Um, but I don't think it's going to have much to do with this. Okay. I think they will have achieved their marketing efforts yeah. to, to build the brand. And at this point, they probably are annoyed by all of the, these little bad press issues. But they're probably just going to say, it's time for us to focus on a different market or wherever and achieve everything we have to achieve. I mean, all these staff guys are getting older. They're probably going to run out. So I don't think they'll be around. That's a long time for a team to run. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, teams usually have, have you know, the short cycles. You know, yeah, and they achieve their marketing results. And if they've done that, the smart marketing person says, okay, we've achieved this, but where do we need to go with this money now? Yeah. They go to sponsor a cricket team. But listen, though. And I think Chris about Froome Floyd will Landis. be wherever he is, like who won the tour 10 years ago. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, uh, don't say don't say it. It was uh, Carlos Sastre won it 10 years ago, right? 2008. Look it up. Hmm. Anybody? Hold on. Let me see. <laughs> Uh, Tour de France, Tour de France, 2008, Carlos Sastre. There you go. Parantan, yeah. And then Contador. And what's he doing? Uh, Sastre? <laughs> Carlos Sastre, come on, man. What was he doing while he was riding a bike? Nothing. He probably... Yeah, and I think for him will do he that. He'll just go to wherever he's going to live and retire and be so sort of a local he's celebrity. He's not going to own a bike shop or a cannabis, medicinal cannabis thing, or... No. He commentating stuff in Eurosport or... Oh no, God. he'll probably Only do some commentating. He'll probably team. attend well, some... No. He'll no probably way. join in on charity rides. You know, he will be giving style lessons on how to ride a bike with Grace. He will have an academy for very, that. Very, yeah. Very Coaching well. kids on style while you raising can your bike. Imagine, can you imagine him as a commentator, though? Oh, my God. That would drive me. I could, I could see him as a DS... Uh, maybe, and then every single writer would take their earpiece out because his voice is so piercingly annoying. I mean, Ooh. let's face it, though. He is a good bike racer, oh, tactically. Yeah, got it. There's no doubt. He's a phenomenal um, – like, he places himself well. He descends exceptionally well. Like, he's a good bike racer, so he oh, might oh, just God. stay in it based on his racing intellect. But I think Less I actually just looked it up. I just looked it up and – um, I just looked it up, and Carlos Sastre actually has an Etsy page. He makes uh, <laughs> scarves what is, and headbands. What is, scarves and headbands. You and know, I was nice. reading an interview that nice. actually did with Le Monde, and Le Monde pretty much called all the current, you know, like Armstrong and Frums and whatever, kind of like sociopaths. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, coming from Lamont, I don't know. I've said before, I met the man uh, and I had like long conversations with him over, a, I don't know, five hour period in an, you know, whatever during an event. And he is truly one of the most amazing people to hear the stories that he tells and he's super honest and he does not mind talking about it and stuff. So you ask him about, Hey, what did you think about the Seven Eleven team? You know, they were American. Did you see them as friends? And then he just goes on a rampage for like 35 minutes telling you stories. And it's just, Regulamon, it's like in my book, a okay. As a kid, I hated him, but now, oh, I admire the shit out of him, and I love hearing him talk. So, you know, I think it was what was I watching? I was watching something where, um, um, what's his face from uh, one of the Phil and Paul? Paul, what's his name? Was commenting Uh, about how. Like how, the, like how the greats remember every moment of every race. And Le Mans that same way. Yeah, like you show him a photo or it's whatever. And he can tell you, okay, this guy had pulled through two times and somebody had a flat four kilometers. Like they know everything about yeah, yeah. everything they did. Well, you and know, it seems the all the guys at the top still think like that. And I would say Chris Froome is probably the same way. Yeah, he can yeah, probably tell I, you every detail of every stage he's won. I think when you're when you're doing something that you love so much and something that you have to concentrate so hard into, then you remember the details. I always compare it to when I was in the band and we were on tour in Europe. I can tell you exactly everything that happened, except that I was drunk the whole time, so I really don't remember anything at but all. But you probably remember when you <laughs> missed a note or someone else missed something, right? No. Like you Jesus, dude, no? I don't remember. I don't remember okay. anything. I remember I would one. say I, I would remember say this, this one homework. I'm going to tell you what I do remember. The ladies. Which one? How far? Oh, my God. Of course. Of course. The ladies I always remember. We almost made it. I was so proud. Why? You know, anyway, short list. Short short answer. Each room is running a program that has cyclists coming out of Africa. He develops a very probable, longer um, program. But only only white people coming out of Africa, though. No, I, I don't think to, so. It's going to be no. called because we have Team Wiggins, so it's going to call Team Froome. <laughs> oh my gosh! Did you guys see that photo from Wiggins on Instagram a few weeks ago? No, I don't follow him. Happy Joey! Happy Joey! Yeah, he was wearing like some what was it like the Motorola jersey He's or something? He's on a red Pinarello. Yeah. And he's got on the new uh, Wiggins collection from that brand, Call Cole, whatever. Oh, Le Cole. Yeah. And he's got Ooh, on a he's got he's on a had... motor, old Motorola jersey with the sleeves rolled up. Yeah. And it looks like he's trying to rip his handlebars off the bike. He's got on white shoes and no socks. Wow. And so he looks like he just jumped on someone's bike for a photo. Like it doesn't look like it fits him. He's really big too. He's really beefed up for the rowing thing. Yeah. Um, but somebody asked me if the Motorola jersey was some sort of signal. What, that Motorola is coming back as a company that it exists? No, I don't again? know. <laughs> you know, there's all these conspiracy theorists. It's the same thing when he was, like, he posted a picture wearing the with the rainbow jersey that had the, uh, I, I forgot what the sponsor name was on it or something. And everyone's saying that, oh, he's you know, like passively bullying somebody. I don't know. I'm going to send you this. You got to you got to put this into the virtual uh, podcast as well. For the for those of you listening and watching on VR, you'll be able to see a 360. <laughs> that means go and this. look it up on the internet and leave us alone. But the uh, way that he's the way that he's um, holding the handlebars, like it's very. It's hard in a photo to convey movement. It, I swear it looks like he's trying to like rip the thing in half. It's the weirdest picture from a cyclist because he had such – I thought he had such a beautiful style when he's on the bike. He had such a beautiful mm. pedaling style. And this so photo looks that, like somebody who's trying to murder this thing. Now that you mentioned that, which which cyclist you think has the best like pedaling hair? style? Who has day? the best hair? No, 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 no. Pedaling style. Not not her pedaling style. Something that you look pedaling is like man, that looks pretty. Kind of like a ballet type of thing. in the current in the current group of guys. Yeah, in the current group of guys. Oh, that's can we make that for the next show? That's some hard homework there. Okay, yeah, that is, um, but bring your homework. Do your homework. 
Uh, no, probably not. I'm going to be busy being a dad. Hey, yeah, I listen. Know, I know. So I just I don't looked know, so it he, up. he takes homework seriously. So next time that you're watching a race, just look for pedaling style that you like, that you think mm. looks good. So well, usually also, you I, notice I, the guys who don't, right? Because so yeah. many of these guys look so <laughs> yeah. good. It's the ones that don't look good that stand out. I always like the way that Alberto Contador rode his bike. It looks ugly. Well, all the Italians always look best. Yeah. We know that. That's a scientific fact. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Science has uh, proven listen, that. Guys, I just looked it up. Actually, I have a question for you, CD, after I tell you what, what I just looked up. Uh, Motorola went out of business in 2011. Okay. And they laid off 40,000. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, 2014. No, yeah, 2011. And they laid off 40,000 employees. Can you believe that? They were around for 89 years. But now the question is, when you said, oh, people are thinking that maybe the Motorola jersey is a sign, you mean a sign yeah. of what? A sign of what? I don't I'm not being serious. He... I'm not... I, this Throw is back cool. something or other? Like, like he's trying to say, like, hey, I did a lot of doping like the Motorola team did, or... Or I don't know, like I love Lance or whatever. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. It just seemed like an odd jersey for him to wear. Oh, I, I totally. Oh, I mean, that's right. The other picture was with him and his like long hair and the rainbow jersey that had the Motorola logo on it too. So yeah, it's some like I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, very interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, Motorola also also sponsored uh, Lance Armstrong outside of the team. So who knows? Who knows what what he's he's doing? All these yeah, layers I mean, I, of I'll tell you what. Maybe on. he's just maybe he's just like any of us, and they love retro. He just loves retro jerseys, you know. Like I, I don't love retro. Don't say that. I, I don't. You don't. You're a lame of. Oh, I want to, you know, what I, I, had, like? I had that jersey. I had that very jersey. I wore it. I don't need to wear it anymore. When I go out and ride my bike, I want to look like Duclos, Duclos LaSalle. That's what I want to look like. I want to look like Duclos LaSalle when he won Paris Roubaix in 1980, whatever it was, 95, 84. Like, I want to look like uh, Sergio Hanel. That's who I want to look like. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I think you have probably a good foot on him and maybe 35 pounds, maybe 40 pounds on him. And I'm not saying that you're a big dude because you're not at all, but you're significantly taller than, I mean, he's shorter and now is shorter than I am. And I'm short. I'm short, but I got it where it counts. I mean, the, the, oh, the Motorola jersey oh, is a good looking oh. jersey. I mean, I mean, in my mind, I got the brain. Mm -hmm. I was pointing to my head. You guys just didn't see it. Mm -hmm. Pointing to my head. You know what jersey I like right watching now? It, for the people that are watching it on VR, they'll know I was pointing it. Yeah. I think the Katusha kit looks really nice. Uh, nah, I don't know. It doesn't do it for me. I think that red and blue don't belong together at all. And this comes from like the graffiti, from the graffiti world. Very early on in my graffiti I career. I have a question about just graffiti. Never right use now. blue and red together. Go ahead. I have a question about graffiti. Uh huh. Since uh, this is a good up moment for you to talk about your. <laughs> your account know. yes um as a graffiti artist uh -huh. no supposed we don't we can't confirm that you were Nobody, it, yeah for for yeah. legal reasons actually everything is your limitations on all my stuff is pretty much gone so I'm what if at the train stuff. car manufacturing company what if they painted them with graffiti on them um yeah, just send them out with graffiti problem solved it would cost them so much money. It doesn't really matter. I mean, that's the beauty of painting trains here in the United States versus painting trains in Europe. In Europe, people paint, I mean, some freight trains, but mostly passenger trains and subways. Like in Rome, it was just amazing to still see trains actually running with, with graffiti on them. That looks ugly for people, you know, that use the trains. Freight trains are not used by people. And the only time that you see them is when you're sitting there waiting for the train to go by on a, on a crossing, on a railroad crossing. So yeah, I was mostly cares. just trying to make a. I was just trying to make a joke. You're supposed to laugh at that. We're supposed to move on. Oh. Oh. No, no, no! But Welcome I had a to point. my world. I had a point. It would cost them so much money to avoid something that they don't mind in the first place anyway, because they never go over it. The only time they paint over uh, graffiti is when they need to re-stamp 
uh, either the number, the serial number of the car or its weight limit or anything like that. So what graffiti writers started doing 25 years, 20, 25 years ago was we avoid any numbers on the train. If you don't paint on the numbers, they have no reason to go over your stuff. And there's, I mean, I get weekly, I get photos from people in Canada and in New Mexico sending me photos of a car that I did in 1998 that they saw. So it, it they, they last a long time. They're really faded, but yeah. They all, most of them, have the names of my old girlfriends because when you're painting, you usually after you sign your piece, you're right, you like, you know, you put the names of your homeboys or whatever, whoever's painting with you that day. I usually wrote whatever song was in my head when I was painting, and I'll be like, I'll do like Billy Joel or whatever I was humming while I was painting. And then you always do little <laughs> Hold on a second. Wait a minute. You're trying to come off as some like from the streets, hard graffiti artist. And you <laughs> no, Billy Joel. Billy oh, no, no, no. Dude, this idea that graffiti writers are hard and from the streets is bullshit. Every, everybody I always painted with has had, at the very least, a bachelor's degree. And we were, uh, a, a, I would say, 80% white. So pff, there's nothing tough about what we did. Anyway, so you put a little heart at the end and then you write the name of your girlfriend. So it's funny when people send me those pictures now and I was like, who was I going out at the time? Oh, Claudia. All right. All right. That's good. <laughs> It was like, I think that was Tara. Well, yeah, there you go. I was going out with Tara in 2002. <sighs> ah, the graffiti hey, world. The graffiti love world. light on parade. Lovely. I tell you guys, sometimes I just sit here and I listen and I think this is the greatest cycling podcast <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Ever. Um, so, okay, gentlemen. Oh, wait, hold on, remember hold on, hold on. that you have two things for homework. No, it's just before I forget. Okay. So one is to look for somebody in the current peloton, could be men or women, that you mm-hmm. think has a beautiful pedaling style. So that's number one. And number two is that the OVO Women's Tour starts this week. Oh, yes, it yes, is, yes, That race is becoming the stage race for women because they treat them as professionals. They pay them Big the money. same money that people get in, you know, like the pay mm-hmm. is, is good. So it's, it's all good stuff. We are, we need to get to a part when they show it live, <laughs> but we're getting there. You know, like they do highlights and, and things for now, but uh, so far is the race that a lot of them look forward to it. So just pay attention to it. The highlights, uh, the videos with the highlights, I'm sure. They are and going got, to be available uh, online for you to, to watch. So that's the big race for the two, women that is coming up. Two United States women in that in that race. Only uh, two. Uh, mm. Only two. Well, there's Could zero. I would, have expected, Dolphin, eh? I would have expected a lot more. Yeah. So who well, is going? I haven't seen the final uh, the final list. So Corey Rivera and Lauren Stevens are the only two on the current start list. But I haven't seen that that has been finalized. We talked I, about I'm surprised because the, the U.S. nationals are coming up, right? I thought that uh, Corinne maybe that's it. Maybe here instead of overseas, but I don't know. Um, we talked about this last year. The name of the race, I mean, I know that it's a sponsor, but it just sounds like just bad. I don't, it just sounds like egg, and that's just, I don't know. Yeah, also the women's tour. Right, it's coming up, and then also uh, the Giro Rosa eventually, right? In July, yeah. Giro July. Rosa is July. Yeah. You remember that <laughs> it goes that the the Raid or whatever the Italian organizers yeah. had the brilliant idea to make it concurrent with the Tour de France, and the idea behind it is that they will, since there is there is no live coverage whatsoever, what they do is that they record the highlights, the video highlights, and then what they do is that they show it after the tour stage. So it was kind of like taking advantage of the people that is already watching the Tour de France and then putting it after that for people to, to watch. Like, in, yeah. in HBO, HBO is really good at that. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, except with HBO, people actually do stay tuned. <laughs> I don't think it's just that's, it's, that's the idea behind what like the Italians are doing and everyone is just criticizing but why do you have the freaking race you know like colliding with the Tour de France nobody's going to pay attention to the Giro Rosa and they say maybe nobody outside of Italy but in Italy this is why we do it like this <laughs> yeah, right. uh, but since 
since uh, CD brought it up, my uh, Instagram account where I post um, my graffiti stuff, I mean, all kinds of stuff, walls and trains and just randomness and stuff, uh, is Kern, K-E-R-N underscore Walnuts, W-L-L-N-U-T-S. That's the name of my crew in New York, the Walnuts, the Walnuts crew. So there you go. Since I wasn't going to even bring it up, but, you know, CD brought it up. So there you go. That's that's that. Hey, listen, do you guys know the Tour of Bihor Beloto? Not very well-known race in Romania. But, but, this kid, Ivan Ramiro Sosa, right? He writes for Androne Giacatoli. He, um, he won it this year. And the last person that won it um, was Egan Bernal. And they're both from the same same year and stuff so i don't know maybe he's the new egan bernal even though egan bernal hasn't turned into what he's gonna become but uh keep an eye i don't think he's ever going to get there if they keep like over racing him so i'm just gonna shut up i don't think that there's such a thing as over racing look at uh what's his face that's all good. While we're, hey, while we're talking about up-and-comers, I mentioned at the start the Ronda Van Limburg. Yes, of course. Was won by Matthew Vanderpoel. In a sprint, he beat Nasser Buhani and Tim Merlier. <laughs> Nasser Buhani, he's like forever second, third, fourth, and fifth. <laughs> he just never wins anything. That poor dude. Actually, not that poor dude. That guy's an asshole. <laughs> It's the thing know, that like, he and get punched, I will say. Vanderpool was playing with fire right there. Well, I don't know. Vanderpool's a big dude. Yeah, you're right, actually. No, he is. He's, he's good. I'm just saying that because Buhani yeah. sometimes can be no, a little saying. excited Buhani, about things. So Buhani I'm surprised that gonna, he and went and punched Vanderpool. That's all. Buhani is not going to... Um, take, take a chance with that dude. Okay, so the Giro Rosa... When it starts, I think my little girl will already be here. That may be the first race I watch with her. Is she going to join us on the podcast? Yes. she. I have a feeling that if, if I get to record at all while I'm busy with her, I think she's going to be joining us in the background crying. I have a feeling that she'll definitely will probably hear Well, that, her. you know, I mean, the listeners are doing that. Why shouldn't one of the uh, hosts? <laughs> exactly. Just screaming like, what the fudge? <laughs> oh, uh, good times. Yes, very, very good times. Very, very good times. Um, is there anything else you guys want to say about life or the pursuit of happiness? Cycling? Tour de Suisse? Uh, graffiti? Uh, Tour de Suisse? It's been kind of boring so far now. I mean, whatever. Sagan won a stage, and then and then Colbrelli won the second stage, right? Was it Colbrelli? Yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, what? I, sprints. Who gives a shit? Gaviria, and I guess they're saying Richie Port has like started, a 94% chance of winning it is what I've seen. Yeah. Gaviria started both times way too early. He went way too early, even though Colbert went earlier we today to than he did. But. We have to give him praise because he has managed to stay upright so far. So so far, yeah. Looking good. Yeah. Looking good, Gaviria. Yeah, you're, you're, Keep it up. You're Keep it up. <laughs> Keep up. <laughs> Get it? Up. <laughs> 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 oh my god uh he's supposed to go to the tour right that's the yeah, idea so this is this okay. is supposed yeah, to be yeah. preparation for the tour everyone is adjusting for the tour so let's see yeah yeah um yeah okay well i have no idea when we're gonna record next because like i said any day now uh mm-hmm. my wife and i may have to disappear for a little bit while we uh, while we take care of some stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know what we're gonna name her? I oh, you decided on the name? Cool. Here's the big reveal. Her name is gonna be. Alberta. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I just think her. Oh, I like that. Like Val, like Valerie, and then Verde. Oh, that's like good. The, the, like Valgrin. Yeah. Valverde. I love it. Valgrin. Mike. Valgrin. It was Mike. That, it was Mike that came up with the name. Yep. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. <laughs> Is that what you're going to name your daughter? Okay, good. I don't think that Mike has a daughter. Is going to have a daughter. 
What about you, Natalia? When are you joining the parent uh, club? I'm not. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I think the species is going to survive without my input. We have no, no, no need for that. I don't know. Have you have you met some of the people that we're uh, replacing ourselves with? Yeah. Yep. Yikes. Well. You know, it's it's crazy though because I see all these people that shouldn't reproduce and they have like 10 kids and then there's a lot of us that should reproduce. Like you and your husband Natalia are smart people whose kids would be amazing, but you you're not interested in having children. Whatever reason is fine. I'm don't just do saying, it. Listeners, right now, don't do it. Don't do somebody it. Somebody right now is scoring 10 goals against us and Natalia who could possibly score a goal is refusing to kick the ball. <laughs> Yeah, I'm you know that I mean? selfish. That's that's the reason why I'm, I'm oh, too selfish. I'm yeah, too selfish. No, like and we screw should. you. And why we do I have to do that? No. But <laughs> no. When I found out, screw you, human race. I'm not. No, not on me. <laughs> when I when I found out that I was having a little girl, I was very happy. And the reason I was happy is because this little girl is going to be kick ass, and the world needs more kick ass women. As opposed to kick-ass men, there's plenty of kick-ass men out there. You know that I mean, is funny. the greatest thing that I've you've ever said on this podcast. Well, thank you. But CDs, you ha you have two kick-ass kids. I mean, I've met them; they're thank awesome. You. you know. Thank you. But kick-ass girls, unfortunately, we live in a society where there really isn't that many. So this little girl's going to be amazing. Just you watch. Right on. Fucking. Name. And if she's not, she's going to be in a lot of trouble. I'll tell you what; she's going to be in her fucking room, friggin' room. I'm sending her there. Doggone it. All right. Dudes, we've gone right. way over. Seven minutes over, actually. But I want to thank both of you, of course, as always. I want to thank our Patreon Patreons very much. And I want to thank our listeners very, very much. Spread the word, MFers. And hopefully we'll talk to you guys soon. And Go by the kit, no. people. Go by the kit. Really good. Oh, yes. Thank you very much for reminding me about that. Go by, go by the kit. So I think I want to put a link to it in the website, speedmetalcycling.com. Or... Or you can go straight to starlightapparel.com and it's called the Joseph Alberts Tribute Jersey and the Joseph Alberts Tribute Pro Bibs. Now, I'm no pro. I'm not like a hardcore writer or anything, but I own two pairs of the Pro Bibs and they are um, amazing, amazing for 85 bucks, which is about half of what I paid for the other ones that I have that are also amazing, but. Anyway, the jersey 75 and the pre-order is going on right now. So go check it out. It's, I believe, is beautiful. It's really sharp. And if you like Josef Albers or any of those um, artists from the Bauhaus movement, then hopefully you'll like it as well. CD, Natalia, you guys are the best. Nope. Uh, apparently, Mike doesn't agree with me, but, but we'll talk to you guys soon again. We are out of here. Peace. Bye. Kule, 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 kule,